Cancel culture is real. CrossPolitik is on the front lines of this battle with the goal of creating a Christian television network and platform where we can't be canceled and where content creators will have the freedom to glorify God. Our goal is to create a space for like-minded businesses to thrive on this platform and to reach an audience that will not only buy your products and services, but also support your business when the heat of cancel culture comes your way. We want our platform to help you create an anti-fragile business as we bring together Christians from all over the world to tune in. With millions of downloads a year, access to DirecTV, Xfinity, and social media outlets, we are excited to partner with you. So, if you own a business and believe in this vision, then you need to call me. I'm Garrison Hardy, and I am the business development rep at CrossPolitik and the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We are looking for businesses, large or small, that not only have great products and services, but also understand that the cultural battle that is impacting the business climate here and now. I have a background in marketing, and I'd love to help you advertise your business on CrossPolitik. Give me a call at 208-792-1290 or email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. Yes. Hey, y'all. Welcome to CrossPolitik on the Midweek Fix. It's good to be with you guys. It's kind of a midweek fix. It is. It's the part midweek fix. We don't have YouTube. No. Yeah, for real. If if you've been following my social media account this week, we got uh, our first strike. So apparently... You get three strikes on YouTube. Oh, is that right? Okay. Oh, the, we only have one? We only have one, I know. One. But have we even been trying? But, <laughs> but what's funny is they gave us a strike on a on a show that we did like four months ago. Oh. So if they went really wanted to ban us, they could just go in the archives and We could have three strikes. Off. We could probably have ten strikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Paying attention. And, and the, uh, the show right was um, Government Incompetence. Uh, our show on government incompetence, that okay. was the title. Okay. And, and they then, didn't like that. And well, then they referenced WHO as their source of why we had misinformation on that show. Um, and <laughs> government incompetence. I, yeah. it, World it, I, irony? Does irony mean anything anymore? No. Uh, so we got two more strikes to go, and then we'll be off YouTube. Um, that's also why we're doing our plug here in a minute. We're doing a plug. Doing I a plug don't see in us on, I don't see us on Facebook. I just found us. We're on there. I just shared it. I shared it. I'll try not to say anything that, today that gets you in trouble, guys. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> First of all, we don't do that here. But this, <laughs> <laughs> but this is why Christians need to build their own platforms. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we, we have, uh, this show is brought to you by Subsplash, which makes the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network app, which is where you can watch and listen to and download our app, our shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they create apps for all major mobile platforms. So you have the power to stay connected with your community at all times, no matter where they're at. Features include events, blogs, sharing, push, push, push. Notif- <laughs> notifications, church messaging, audio, video content, new live streaming in the app. Hey, that's like us. Our show is live streaming in the app. Right now. Uh, beautiful interface I'll and go more. Go them. to subsplash.com. Find out more. Mm-hmm. Also, um, don't forget to register for the conference. Um, we're going to be in we're getting, Nashville. We're still getting a number of registrations in, every day. Uh, in a couple of weeks, September yep. 9th through the 11th, right outside of Nashville in Lebanon, uh, Tennessee. Politics of Sex, Pastor Doug Wilson, mm-hmm. Vody Bauckham, uh, Doug so... Tenabel, uh, Doug, uh, David Bonson. Yes. Um, we're going to be there. Dennis yeah. Safarate, I was talking to him yesterday. Yeah. He's doing a SWAT talk with Rob and yeah. Zach Lattenschlager. That's yeah. going to be fun. Um, and yeah. Dennis, is. I was talking to him yesterday. He's like, man, I am so Excited! Yeah. I can't I wait too. to be in Nashville. Yeah. Anyways, so. hope to. I'm looking forward to seeing so many yeah. people there. It's going to be a party. And with us today, obviously, obviously, in the studio, we have a guest. 
Mrs. Janice McGeehan. Janice, former state representative, successful business owner from Idaho Falls, who, along with her husband Jim, own and operate multiple businesses in the automotive industry. Mm. Uh, she served as lieutenant governor for the last three years. Is that correct? Almost, yes. Almost? Two, nearly? Two and, a half, two. two and a half years. Now running for governor of Idaho um, in the in the t- 2022 um, race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Um, it says here in 2012, you and your family renovated a historic building in downtown Idaho Falls and established the area's only Irish restaurant. Are you Irish? I have some. Yes. Do you my, not know? My I mean, mother, she's here with Dorothy's me Irish. Dorothy McAdoo. All right. It's a little bit of Irish. McAdoo. Do you still have oh, the, do the Celt pub and <laughs> yes, grill? Yes, we do. We're cel- actually this month we're celebrating our ninth year of being in business. Nice. Wow. Yes, and I, it was funny. I like my husband likes to tease me. He says after serving for ten years in the legislature, she had to do something to get her integrity back, so she opened up an Irish pub. <laughs> 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 I just want to say right away. That it's not fair that you brought your mom and dad here. I just want to say that we were going to go really hard on you, it's not and then right. now that I mean, Alan, Alan scares me. Yeah. He, I'm pretty sure he's packing heat right now. You can't cheat like that. She says, I brought my mom and dad. Ask me all the questions you want with mom and dad right yeah. here. It's not fair. Nobody does that. Oh. I've, I, I've wised up to you guys <laughs> for, for real. I mean, like this is like now the I don't know third for four times fourth time, time you've yeah. been on the show. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, as, as we said to your, your folks before the show, I mean, and you came back. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> and before you yeah. jump into, I know you. I want to tell everybody right now who's watching on Facebook, download the app, like we said before. But also, since we have Lieutenant Governor here who's running for governor, um, we have a place where we can ask her questions right inside Ooh. the comment oh, thread, yeah. especially Idaho. So yeah. if you're in Idaho, I guess I or you know someone who is, now. yeah. <laughs> All the questions I'll be watching, ask them, and we'll go ahead and. There you go. She doesn't have anybody else here to vet questions, so. <laughs> I'm just going to put them out there. Her mom and dad. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. I love the questions. It makes me a better candidate. There yeah, we go. Very good. So, um, so isn't, I mean, Lieutenant Governor, Representative, Kelt Pub and, you know, Grill, I mean, isn't that enough? Why run for governor on top of everything else? Yeah. That's a great question. And. It, it is helps me explain the passion and the conviction that I have for the reason why I'm running. Idaho has been a, a traditionally conservative red state for so long, but, but that's changing. And hmm. we, I think people all over the state recognize that things are changing in our state. You don't have to look too far to re- realize that we're losing our freedoms. We're losing our freedoms, our liberties, and no one knows that more mm-hmm. than my friend Gabriel here, who was arrested for singing hymns right. here in Moscow, Idaho. We're losing our freedoms, our liberties. We're losing the sovereignty of our own state, and our traditional conservative values are being eroded day by day. And those are the reasons why I've decided to put my hat in to run for governor because I can't just go home and say that I didn't give it, give it a chance to right. help turn things around. And for too long, the good old boys in Boise have been having the power, too much power to control the agenda, make things work for special interests and not for the interest of the everyday Idahoan and I you obviously you can tell that I'm not part of the good old, I'm not one of those good old boys right mm-hmm. and I want to help you're not even one of the good old girls those are bad guys <laughs> you're, you're just you're just Janice from southern Idaho 
I am. And I... And I don't mean just, but like, I mean, that, that's the point is like, you, you have been, you've been living, working here in the state, and you, you know, like, what normal people in Idaho need, well, want, I li- value. I, I listen. That's the difference between me and the cu- current governor, is I listen to the people, mm-hmm. and the voice of the people that are... There's so many, there's thousands of people that are crying out right now with the things that are happening in our state. With our state being shut down, businesses shut down, shuttered, many of them gone, no longer in existence. Yeah. The, the, the shutdown of the businesses was so, dis, so destruct, destructive and... Um, there's another word. Disruptive. Dis- exactly. You were reading my mind. It was disruptive and it was dis- destructive. I mean, even today, we, we have businesses how are, how are struggling to find employees. Yeah, we, right. we, don't, mm-hmm. we aren't getting our supplies that we need. It's just been What is the number the one complaint that you're hearing coming from people in Idaho? Is that, is you're talking Because you're going around, you're talking to everybody. What is it that you're hearing coming from them, the number one thing that keeps resonating over and over again? Well, right now, of course, what is what, what's happening where in, in the Treasure Valley and the Magic Valley where the three major hospitals have been have put a mandate out that it, for their employees that if they do not receive the vaccination, they will be fired as, as of September 1. So this is just a culmination of all the violations of our freedoms and our liberties for the past yeah. 18 months. And well, I think people are fed up. They're fed up. Yeah. They're done with it. So and why they're standing up against? Why do you think? All these things. Why is why are our freedoms eroding so quickly? I mean, I mean, why is yeah. this happening? It, you, again, you, you think of Idaho as being a traditionally conservative state, um, uh, um, Christian values. Uh, that, we have a Republican governor. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do we? Well, well, yeah. by name. But why? 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 Why are our freedoms eroding so much? Why is it being taken away so quickly? There's been a concerted effort over a long period of time, I believe, to lay the foundation to change the face of America into something that is not what our founding fathers and what God intended for our nation were blessed to be living in this country and the principles of freedom, liberty, equality, and justice for all is a very unique form of government for all of humanity, all of humankind. And there are enemies that are against that, that want to change that. And those, the foundation has been laid, as I said, for decades. And we're seeing it all just culminate right now. And it's more than just what's happening with COVID. It's what we see happening in our educational system. So I, I agree with you on that On that. Um, answer, but it seems like conservatives don't even really want to go beyond that answer. Meaning, meaning that uh, I don't think conservatives really want the the true solutions in all this. For example, um, I mean, I go through. There's a number of things, but like the top things on my list would be, you know, public school system is just educating liberals. Um, property taxes mean I don't really own my home. I mean, there, there's a number of hot button issues that conservatives don't even really want to talk about. Uh, including our public school system. If the Republican Party doesn't have a solution for the public school system, then we will go liberal because that's that's what this public school system does is disciple liberals. And I've brought this up with a number of state leaders here in Idaho. And when I bring up the public school education system, they're like, yeah, we need to figure out how to support them and you know do our best and maybe, maybe get critical race theory out, whatever they mean by that. Um, but ultimately, the, the, the problem is, is we don't really want the real solution 
which is actually disbanding of public education. When we have public education, we immediately politicize it, and, it, and, and then you're on the road to liberalism. Well, from, from the, the, the real solution is for the heart of America to turn back to God. Amen. And it's it's this the corrosion of our. You're not going to give her an organ for that. I, no, I, would, I wanted to see where the rest of this goes. Okay. I'm, I'm, All I'm right. good. All right. Okay. The the destruction of our family, the traditional family, yeah. and the the mm. problems that we have in our society. Are, are all stem from this, mm-hmm. and and that's really the only that's the 100%. ultimate solution so, that we need to have our people turn back to God. With that in in view, and you understand that very clearly, I can't agree with you more than that. As a governor, how is your responsibilities and that how do they marry? Turning back to God and governor. Yeah, you know, if you're a governor, how would you help Idaho turn back yeah. to God? Well, I mean, living the way I live my life has a, is setting a, an example is a, mm. is a big part of that. Mm. But another part of that is let's just talk about the issue of the refugee resettlement program in Idaho okay. that our governor participates in. It's, I would say, it's ungodly because it's an NGO, a national govern, governmental organization, which accepts money from the federal government. They hold on, they monitor the people for about ninety days, and then they just let them go, let them loose into the community. Whether these people can communicate effectively with within our communities, whether they have a place to live, whether they have a job, whether they have clothes on their back. That's not godly. What we could do is we could set another example and say if we are going to bring people into our community and re- help resettle refugees, there will be proper vetting that takes place first of all and then if there we must find Idaho families that are willing to bring them into their home and help the help care for them and help assimilate them into the community. That is a godly and a loving way to approach mm-hmm. and deal with these challenges that we face rather than the just constantly turning to the government problem. I think if I was governor for a day. Um, this there, ain't about be, you, Gabe. This I, ain't, I, this is uh, I always do this. Did, did you know I was arrested for um, uh, mm. no, no. <laughs> a moment? I, uh, I would pardon you if I was the governor. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> look at that! Good. Look at that! Look at that now! Good score. Um, uh, if, if I think the two things I would I would do in 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 regards to you know leading our state in repentance uh, would be one is you know use use a bully pulpit in, in in a in a good way and say look you know Idaho's a Christian state it's in our documents right uh, and so this is this is just who we are this is our DNA and this is how we're going to govern our state and this is how we're going to live. Um, uh, non Christian Democrats would love for you to be here. Thank you, but this is this is who we are. The number two is I think I would um, figure out some way to not make this political and not not do this in a way where you know the the publican is going before and raising his hands in prayer. And but I I would want to do like a, net, a state day of repentance. Mm-hmm. You know, some sort of um, all the churches we're gonna you know this is Wednesday evening we're gonna do a. a Churches across the state of Idaho, yeah. we're going to pray for our state, and we're going to repent of our sins, abortion, all these things, and and somehow do something like that. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's good. Yeah, a couple of other ideas as setting examples with this COVID situation. I was in Coeur d'Alene yesterday, and I met with area pastors and that represent 16 of the evangelical churches up there and there's such growing opposition to this vaccination mandate and what they what the candlelight fellowship has done 
as a congregation, as they made a resolution that for any person that loses their job over this, they they want to help the families financially. They're going to cover their mortgages, mm. help pay for food, gas, utilities for up to three months so that they can help resolve. That's that's what we need. We need that's good because it's we're turning back to our, Who's our doing faith that? community. Candlelight up fellowship. Up in Okay. Yeah. Is that the uh, we yeah. know? Yeah, we know we, I know those, I know those guys. Yeah. So yeah. turning back to the faith community, right. to our community, rather than always looking to government for the solution. Hmm. And on education, another thing that I discovered over the this this experience I've had, there's a, a charter school in Fruitland that follows the charter of the Hillsdale College, mm-hmm. and they're operating, they're successful. I went to one of their conventions, and it was amazing what they were teaching. Great thinking and philosophy. Well, there's a there's a board that's trying to form the Hillsdale Charter School up in Coeur d'Alene as well, and when I was at that convention, I met the board members, and they had just been denied their charter application from the Charter Commission mm. in Idaho. And I, I was shocked. I, why are they turning these charters down? And the board members told me that day they felt like they were being turned down because they were the board somehow thought they were affiliated with a religious organization. Mm. And that's ridiculous. You know, and that that's so. But I would say that's the problem with public education. Is they think you cannot be affiliated with the religious That's the problem with the current with the state board of education and the law, leadership yeah. that we have. The governor right. appoints those board members. The mm. board members appoint that charter commission. Yeah. So it's a leadership issue. And, yeah. Well, and I think something that needs I mean, and some of it's a doctrinal issue too. I don't think parents are aware that training their children are their responsibility, not the government's responsibility. Right. These are your. Ki- this is one of the things that's kind of driving me nuts right now, Lieutenant Governor, about what I see happen. I'm, I'm grateful that parents are standing up and speaking out at these um, school board school meetings. Board meetings mm-hmm. But the problem I have is that they still have the foundations completely backwards. I don't get to ask you what you're going to do with my kids. These are my kids. I'm going to tell you. Oh. <laughs> but, but but this is the thing though is 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 where's the money coming from? Right. Is whoever's writing the check ultimately gets, gets to decide, yeah. and so it's 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 sad when when you get used to the government providing education for your kids, they're paying the they're paying the the salaries for those teachers, so they get to decide. Now, That's right. it, you know they should should they represent the people better? Sure, of course, and and should they stop you know um, pulling us in direct you know completely different direct? Yes, they should, but the fact is is if you send them your money, which they require you to do in property taxes. And then they run the schools. They get to run the schools. But you know? and, but that's but and, they're not even designed. and mom and dad are just shouting. And, and that's and, all they are. And I think you know. And, and yeah, we're just slaves. Yeah, I mean, we're slaves point. asking master. You know, change change the change condi- the curriculum. Conditions. <laughs> I think what, what you want to do is you want to set them free, and and that means freedom to choose how you want to spend your money. Absolutely. Um, and I know that public education is actually written into the Idaho Constitution. Yeah. So we're fighting an uphill battle here. Right. Um, I don't. I think that was a massive mistake. But given that, I think the next best thing would be to set people free and say, if you would like to use these public schools, then you can send your money to this, you know, and, and then do your best to hold them accountable to the things you want taught there. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. I mean, right now, I, you know, I pay two tuitions. I send right. my kids to a Christian school here in town. And then I also send my property taxes off to uh, Boise or Latah County or whatever to pay for public schools that I have never used one day in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
kind of resent that. <laughs> I, you know, like, you mean I, getting robbed? I, 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 I'm, like, I'm paying. I'm paying for you know education. I don't even believe in twice. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I mean, and this is where the Republican Party doesn't want to have this conversation. And I want. They I don't. want. Some of them do. Some of us do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because that's what that's what we need is I think we need at least at least let it like turn it into like a a little bit of a free market absolutely you know and yes. and and if you know if they if they're gonna if they have to compete but right now they don't have to compete because it's it's socially required I mean this yeah. is what government education is it's, it's this is one of the tenets of Marx was to establish government schools mm-hmm. and it's like. Republicans, hello, right? Like we, we want to fight, and you're we, fighting about critical race theory we, we, right now. Yeah, it's like you want to get rid of you want to get rid <laughs> on of on the foundation of a socialist school. Exactly, that's the that's the irony of it all. It's like, yeah, yeah you want to get Marx out of the schools. That means you need to get the schools out of your state. I mean, that's Marx. Yep. I mean, right. that to have government schools is to implement one of Marx's platform points. Well, a healthy dose of competition will right. help rise all boats. That's mm-hmm. right. We know that when we're in, in business, mm-hmm. and so we have to ask. The, that's a fair question. Why, being such a re- red Republican state, why do we not have true choice in Idaho? Right. Why can we not have ideas like it, what the state of Arizona has, that where the the dollars follow the the student? Right. So they have vouchers already, or, or whatever they call it. I don't know if it's a voucher uh-huh. or a credit, but they do have. There's several different interesting um, <laughs> um, forms of that going on, and I, I think I think yeah, if if so, the more we can make it a free enterprise system, and there can be real competition, I think. There's, that's going to be better for everybody. That's why we need change in Idaho. Yeah, so, that's, so let's say that this is first. There's a couple things I have a question about because this seems like a very bold move that, move that you're doing. You're, you're coming out against another Republican governor, <laughs> leaving the lieutenant's desk to go run for governor. That's a that's a really bold move because you're wondering, like, are you going to have the backing that you need from the Republican Party even to be able to challenge Governor Little? Well, our Republican Party, some of them, some counties don't like to endorse candidates during the primary. I've had three counties that so far have endorsed my campaign. But I would also say that our party is very split right now, yeah. mm-hmm. split down the middle. Our chair that was voted on last year, Tom only Luna, vote, he only won by a couple votes. So, okay. it, like like five votes okay. or something, it's ten split. votes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think my chances are gr- good. It's def- definitely going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. But we're building a statewide campaign, and we have a, a strong winning message. And look, no no question about it. I mean, people have asked, why are you why are you challenge? Why are you challenging challenging an incumbent sitting governor? Right. Why are you doing this now? Why don't you wait four more years? You know, and mm-hmm. wait for your turn to come in line. Well, I think in the next four years, it's, it's too late. We need to mm. we need to take a stand today, and we need to work together to start riding our ship today. So let's say that this everyone sees you and is like, you know what? Okay, it's your turn. You get inside the seat to be governor. What are the first three things that you do as a governor? I'm going to end the emergency order. <laughs> Which is still oh, are, we still, are we still in an emergency? It's, it's still accessible. I'm going to get us right. out yeah. of the COVID-FEMA agreement with the federal government because that is the thing that is enabling a lot of these these things to still take place. And when mm. we accept that money, then we must do it the way the federal government comes with the strings attached. Give an example for, of how that's operate. Go ahead. For example, 
um, we take uh, that federal money and using we're using thirty million dollars of that federal money to test kids for COVID in schools. Yep, exactly. And this whole vaccine mandate is a wow. rule from the Biden administration. It's a seven hundred page rule mm. that's coming down where they they're trying to implement implement their will on us as people, and they're doing it through right. the funding mechanism. Right. So you say. You, if you do, if you have, you, you take know, this money, and here's the strings that are attached. Yep. You, if you have a hundred percent compliance with vaccination, we're going to give you, we're going to pay you more money. Oh, that's bribery! They have, they're, oh, bribery. that's what they're doing it with us right now. We're getting bribed. Yes. No way. That's, and that's inside of FEMA. That's kind of the FEMA setup. This is under the Medicaid, Medicare, and Medicaid system of reimbursement for the healthcare facilities. Now, on the FEMA, oh. FEMA. This is something, remember on August 13th when Department of Homeland Security put out a list of new domestic terrorist oh, threats? Oh, yes. yes. We, 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 we reported that. Unvaccinated. We reported that. We ended up on that, so right? You were on there? No, the unvaccinated. <laughs> the unvaccinated. <laughs> end up, yeah. Yeah, I, and yep. gay Psalm, Poor psalm singing. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, actually. <laughs> well, th- those states that are investigating election integrity are listed on there. Those people who push back against COVID recommendations are mm. on there. And then there's a, a FEMA grant. I found that there this FEMA grant that if the states accept this FEMA grant, they are required to spend 7.5% of that grant funding battling these domestic terrorists. Wow. FEMA. So we're finding out whether the state of Idaho is participating that in that or not. But uh, as I said, under a McGeehan administration, we will not be participating in those kinds of things. Wow. Wow. Uh, no, but that means Idaho would lose money. Yeah. Oh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. You mean we'd lose some of that debt? Yeah. You know, I'm so tired of these politicians and the good old boys saying, oh, we got to get us some of that money, you know. that's If we don't get it, it's going to go to some other state. That's not how it is. It's it's debt that we're pushing onto our kids. Have you thought about it's I, not money? One of the other places where this is is um, going on is you've got the um, all the federal lands in our state. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we've talked to a number of uh, conservatives who have pointed out the fact that um, you know is it a third of our budget is built off of um, federal monies, like sort of leasing yes, back the yeah. land that they stole from us. Yep, at least. When I was campaigning for lieutenant governor at, the, at that time, four years ago, we were at 33, 36% right. of our budget came from the federal government. Wow. Then we had Medicaid expansion and, and all of this money from COVID coming in. Right, so it's, it's probably higher probably, now. Oh, yeah, I'm sure Which it's over is, 40%, 45 maybe. I don't know. So how Which do you, is why we have a $900 billion surplus right now that Brad Little, Governor Little, was bragging about oh. was because of all the federal funds that flowed into right. our state this last right. year. That, 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 that the government stole from our grandkids. One of our, one of our friends um, said, I asked him the question, I, this was one of my favorite questions to ask, you know, if you're governor for a day, what would you do in Idaho? And he said, I would confiscate all the federal lands and, and give them to the Indian reservations where we broke treaties 100 years, 150 years ago. And th- what I liked about that yeah. Was for one, you can you can identify which treaties we broke, so you can objectively identify and which, which treaties which tribes, broke, which tribes, yeah, and and then um, you can and you're taking you're you're claiming states' rights, saying hey, we're taking our land and we're going to give them to the uh, Indian reservations where we wrong them reparations, reparations. Popular so this right is, now. This is a, <laughs> and and what that does is that puts the federal government in a position to like take uh, the land from the Indians again. <laughs> 
right? And y'all really and, gonna do that? And so you really you really gonna confiscate the land from the Indians again? But what this but what this does is it, it claims states' rights. It makes a wrong. Uh, it writes it writes a wrong. And it puts the federal government, it checks the federal government in a way that I think needs to be checked. It also puts, it puts the land back in the hands of I, real Idahoans yep. and, mm-hmm. and they, to be developed. That's an interesting, who, where did you hear this from? My buddy, Nate, he's here in town. We he should, we should talk show. after the, <laughs> yeah, I, I hook you up. He, he's a smart dude. But, that, but <laughs> I actually think that's idea. a good play because it, it actually and it's, it's, inverts it's, critical race theory. It's so, and it's, yeah, it's so hard for the liberals to object to it. Or, well, you, know, you can't give it back to the Indians that you stole it from? Well, really? Yeah. Why not? And then it's all our land again, yeah. and it's now it's productive land in the state of Idaho. Right? And, so. and that's the thing I want to say. So you have these people who are made in the image of God who have this land, who can produce goods from it for the state of Idaho that the federal government isn't doing. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just burning. Yes. Well, and when they when the, Indi- the Native Americans, that's how I like to refer to them, They when they managed the land, they did it in a responsible way. They they. They cleared the brush and the shrubs so that you know we wouldn't have these massive fires right. like we have right. today. Yep. Um, right now, um, inside of uh, South Dakota, a lieutenant or no, the governor uh, Christine Nome, I think you reported on it in the yeah. news brief today. Today, she um, came out and said that she was not going to force men force uh, man uh, companies uh, not to vaccine. So she wasn't. She was gonna. So she signed an executive order in the state of South Dakota saying that, hey, my government organizations can't force vaccinations. Okay. And she said at the same time, I don't have the authority over businesses to tell them what to do, um, and and I can't tell them to require vaccinations or not require vaccinations. Yeah. That's a business. I don't have an authority decision. over a business to right. do that. It's a private business, and it's private business. And which which I and I think she's the only governor in the state she's made of, that distinction in, in the U.S. that's made that distinction, which I think is a is a biblical distinction, and uh, um, uh, and one of the clear thinking governors thinking actually about what authority she has and doesn't have over businesses. What are your thoughts about that? Well, that's a legitimate position but i say and i agree that we don't it's not the role of government to place additional restrictions and regulations on business but what people may not know is i mean if you really say that first of all Mm -hmm. we have laws in on our books today that makes it illegal to coerce an employee and it it's makes it illegal for the employer to coerce an employee for a behavior as a condition of employment. Now, this is specifically related related to our right to work law, but it does, the intent, the legislative intent, mm-hmm. is the same, and it's there. So we don't ha- again, we don't have to create new laws. Why don't we just enforce the existing laws that we have? That right. that the 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 intent of that is that the employer may not coerce. An employee as a condition of empl- of employment. What if? But what if I, as in, you know, our studios, we're a Christian-run studio here, and an employee is smoking weed um, at night. You know, not not on our premises, and but but that's a behavior that we don't even want our employees participating outside of our company. Yeah, can, you, can we do that? Absolutely. Yes. How, it you seems can. like that that work to right, right to work law would con- contradict that. Well, it, I think you have to just also consider. To what and these are these are complex issues. I I recognize that, but but also when it comes to protecting the health and the rights of the individual and our ability to make decisions for ourselves, 
where do you draw the line? Is it would it uh, with that same premise? If you're a business and you and you don't want one of your female employees to go through with a pregnancy and she becomes pregnant, does that mean that you as a business has a right to tell her that she must receive an abortion in order right. to continue working? No, but, but where, say, do you, we, where do you draw the line? But you could say, you know what, for the type of work that we're doing and what we're trying to do, um, pregnant women are not people who we hire here, right? So they can a company can choose to do that, and then she can say, Man, "I never want to work for a group of people who don't value pregnant women," <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, so I- they can choose to make those decisions. But the the issue is whether or not the government has a responsibility in that conversation. The conversation is between the individual and the company, not between the government, the individual, and the company. They're in, inserting themselves inside of the situation that they shouldn't be in at all. Whatever the case is, right? So if they say, hey, um, you know, we don't want to hire black people because the people we serve aren't really that interested in, in black people. It's like, well, I'm not going to say, well, you have to hire me now because I'm so excited <laughs> about working for you. Right. Some some of the things that, you know, proper. I mean, that's still, again, wrong as it is. It's, it's a sin. It's a 100%. sin. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's not the government's responsibility to say you must hire him now. Right. And so to say, like, if if I have a company that is now, listen, I am I'm not a vaccine dude at all. That's not me. I'm not going for it. He's I'm, a herbal. Weird I'm, I'm a guy, natural. Yeah, no. I'm a naturalist. <laughs> I'm a little herbalist on that. Mm-hmm. And some vaccines I've had some. So that's not an issue. But what's happening now, I'm not in that. So, but I don't want to create a situation where like what DeSantis is doing in Florida opens the door for someone else who is not necessarily on our team to do the exact same thing on the opposite mm-hmm. side. Yeah, good point, good point. You know, that's that's yes. what I'm concerned with. Well, and lo- you want laws that require people to keep their contracts. Seems right. to me that's the key thing. Yeah. The lo- what the government's job is to make make sure people are being honest, which means they keep their word. They don't, don't break contract. And they don't, and they don't break contract. That part <gasps> is I'm 100% behind. But then, that, but what yes. all they're doing is reading the contract and saying, "Here is the um, the terms under which you agreed to this. You signed your name, and if you break those terms, then you can get it's legitimate for you to be fired." That seems legit, and then each person can figure out those contract terms on their own on a case by case basis. And if one company wants to be more strict or wants to follow the CDC regulations or whatever, then you sign up and you and you agree to that. And if you don't want to do that, then don't take the job. Find another employer. But you don't want the government telling the employers or the employees really under what conditions they have to work or, or not. But we have been doing that for a number, for a of, de- for a number of decades, yeah. which then invites this overreach when it comes to mm-hmm. health and safety, so-called, yes. with regard to whatever, vaccines or masks. Well, when we operate in a true free market, which in most business we do, and if if an employer wants to require that and and an employee says no i don't want to do that and right. i'm going to just go down the road and work for yeah. your mm-hmm. competitor mm-hmm. that's fine that that works but in the case of with these healthcare providers it's not a true free market right. what, and and i would mm. say the high majority of money that they receive it's from the government comes from the taxpayer mm. go. back to socialism yep. yes so that's a good point and so what we're fighting with right now we're fighting over well, since you're getting the money, who gets to make the decisions, right? Mm-hmm. If if the if the money's coming in and it's not truly a free market, we're we're saying who gets to hold the reins. So how do we break that apart? Well, the government is holding the reins because with these hospitals, 
if 60% or 70% of the revenue the hospitals receive comes from you and I, the taxpayer, the government is holding the reins there. And so I don't, I see no distinction between what's happening there with the hospitals Mm -hmm. and what Christy Nome and even Governor Little said here in Idaho that we're not going to require the state employees Mm -hmm. to receive a vaccination and we're not going to require a person coming into an agency who's seeking services to have a vaccine. What's the difference? Why why is it okay for them to say that there but Mm -hmm. not there? Right. That's good. And and again, I'm not I I have not advocated for more regulations and and more restrictions on business, but we have so many regulations on these healthcare facilities. And at least I'm willing to have the conversation, the tough discussions, which the the leadership in Idaho now is tone deaf and they they simply don't. They don't want to have the discussion. Right. So before we go, the last thing I want to ask you, unless you guys have another question, but the last thing I want to ask you, could you paint right now, if, if you don't win the governorship right now and you see the next four years for Idaho, what what does that look like? Well, I see that we're going to continue going down this path of tyranny where, where we're losing more and more of our freedoms. And Idaho, the face of Idaho will change and, and will turn from being... a a free and red state to being like Colorado where who knows what what's going to come next in our state that's what I see happening and that's why I'm standing up and running for this position and I am listening to the voice of thousands and thousands of people of Idaho that are pushing back we you know a lot of people complain about the people that are moving into our state from California but and other states, but most of the ones I talk to are, are here mm-hmm. because they have mm-hmm. fled their states, and they are right. they are some of the ones that are most convicted mm-hmm. to protect what mm-hmm. we have. Whereas some of the others that have been comfortable in our state and cozy are just maybe starting to wake up. Mm-hmm. And, and here and here's the deal. Um, I, I think I said this to you before. I, I really do believe that in Idaho, we're at a we're at a why in the road. Yeah, absolutely. You know, either we believe, either Idahoans believe that Governor Little's unconstitutional emergency order, um, him shutting down businesses, yeah. that order that that shut down churches. Yeah, you're not essential, and, and, and it shut down churches until uh, me and a bunch of buddies sued the state. Right. Um, and can he suspend the constitution for a year now because the emergency order is still in play? Mm-hmm. And can, uh, you know. Yeah, if we reelect him, you're saying we would like you to do that again. Yeah. If we, we're, we're at our why in the road. And this is one of the most important, sorry, this is, this is one of the most important elections, I think, in the history of Idaho, in the history of Idaho. Mm. Unfortunately for the people of Idaho, if we continue down this path, we will see efforts to keep people under the thumb like that. They'll work to depress the 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 productivity and the opportunity of the individual and the the people will become more dependent on the government. We will see an increase in crime in our state and in our cities like we see in other major cities. And it's it'll be a, that would be a sad day, and that's why I am running. And yeah. there are others, good ones that are you know, running. To you know, a great a great way to know how she would act as a governor is what she did when she was a governor for the day. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? What'd you do what? when you're a governor for a day? Because in Idaho, if the governor leaves the state, the lieutenant governor becomes the governor for the day. What did you do? Yeah, he hasn't been keeping me too informed. He doesn't like to let me know when he's leaving the state. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But well, tell our audience I, what you did for when you're governor when, for a day. 
By the Constitution, it says when the governor is out of the state, the lieutenant governor has all the authority that rests with the governor. And so I issued an executive order to prohibit a mask mandate on any level. And I did that. Throughout the state. Throughout the state, yes. Because we saw it. Yes. And it was happening in in It did it here in Moscow. Our little kids. Yeah. And so in order to expose the hypocrisy and free people up, increase people's freedoms and liberties that's what that's why i did it and then, and then did he he rescinded it the next day yeah yeah was it sick. was a glorious 24 hours though to live in the state of idaho <laughs> <laughs> when we were mask free throughout the state janice what's your website a uh, janice for idaho.com okay all right check yeah. it out follow janice thanks for coming back thank you. yeah thank you it's always yeah. great yeah. Yeah. Fourth, fourth time yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you mom and dad if you're single get married if you're married have kids if you have oh by the way you got to get off of YouTube. We, we, we're, we're off of YouTube. We're, we've for a week. Yeah. we're suspended for a week. but So download the app yeah. where yeah. you can yeah. stream all of our shows. And if you have kids, go baptize them until Sunday. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Do you know where you're going to be at September 9th through 11th? I do. You're going to be in Lebanon, Tennessee at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference on the politics of sex. Okay. All right. Well, do you know why you're going to be in Lebanon, Tennessee at the politics of sex conference? I just Country music center of the world. No, no, because if we don't get God's design ordered rightly in our lives, you know, male, female, family, culture, marriage, you know, the the politics of sex, what we're talking about. If we don't get this right. Well, we're going to get what we got right here, right now, in this culture, which is hell-bent on destroying itself. Yeah, you know right. why else you're going to go? Why? Vody's going to be there. Hey! David Bonson, Pastor Doug Wilson. Yes. You guys going to be there? I'm going to yes. be there. Uncle Gary's going to be there. C.R. Wiley's going to be there. Ben Merkel's going to be there. Everybody, she That's Logan's. more than Fab Five. <laughs> we got SWAT <laughs> talks all day Saturday. I mean, everybody from the Fight Life East Network's going to mm. be there. Oh, and I'm looking forward to the psalm singing, the ruckus psalm singing, and the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Whoa. No? We're not doing that? No, no, no. We're not, not doing it. Next no. conference. Go to FLFnetwork.com, <laughs> click on events, and register now. There's also a link down in the show notes. Just go down there, scroll down, find it. It's right around there somewhere. Right there. Yeah. What if we have a translator for the tongues? No. 